If you've ever thought of quilting your own projects but just don't know where to start, I have the perfect first steps for you. I've put together a PDF guide. I call it Three Steps Toward Freehand Freedom. These are the baby steps, but they can help you move past your overwhelm and show you that yes indeed, freehand quilting can be learned. So if you'd like to snag this PDF, there's a link in the show notes, or if you're an Instagram user, just message me three steps. That's the number three, S-T-E-P-S, and I'll send you that link. Let today be the day you get started. What have been some of the challenges for you? Well, I have learned after, after being married for 30 years that I really, really, really like you. Oh, that's nice. And we learned that in COVID. Welcome to Measure Twice, Cut Once, the podcast where we hear quilters and other crafter stories and draw encouragement and even life lessons from them. I'm your host, Susan Smith, and I'm coming to you from my quilting studio, Stitched by Susan. This is where my long arm Lucy and I spend our days doing freehand edge-to-edge quilting. Now, if you're not a quilter and those terms are kind of Greek to you, it's basically doodling on the surface of a quilt with a 50-pound writing implement with needle and thread attached at really high speeds. But if you are a machine quilter, I have a resource that I'd like to offer to you. I know that you're familiar with quilted feathers, if you're a quilter at all, and for years and years they have been always popular, always eye-catching, from the hand-stitched one of many years gone by to the more elaborate, highly detailed machine-quilted feathers that we see on a lot of show quilts today. But also eye-catching, and not to be missed, are all-over meandering feathers. Super graceful, super flowing, and so this free class that I'm offering is all about that all-over meandering feather. So in the class, I will show you from beginning to end how to achieve those graceful flowing feathers that you aspire to. It walks from the basic feather shape through even coverage on the quilt, avoiding awkward corners, even customizing the little details. It's all there in that class and I'll walk you through it and demo the quilting for you step by baby step. So the class is entirely free, but you will need to register to receive the access information. So you can do that by simply heading to my website, stitchedbysusan.com, and a sign-up form will pop up for you there. Today is going to be a special episode. My guest, or maybe I should say guests, are my husband Dave and my black cat Bee. So you won't want to miss this one. This is kind of a personal and behind-the-scenes look at our podcast production. Meantime, I did want to bring in my pins and needles because I offer you those every week. And this week I have a kind of tip for you for busy seasons. So as we're recording, we're in the middle of Christmas, super busy quilting season. But I know there are other busy seasons in your life too. So if you are... Um, either a long arm quilter or a person who spends quite a bit of time at your sewing machine, here's my big tip. Rotate your tasks to relieve fatigue. So for me as a long armer, this means I won't spend all day, every day, driving my long arm machine. That's very physical, very wearing on the shoulders. So I will rotate the tasks, whether it will be taking a break to do billing or to meet with clients or maybe taking time to do some work at my ironing board, just to keep that physical rotation taking place. I think it's really important that you 
physically move. So if you're sitting at your sewing machine sewing, be sure to take breaks to get up and do other things. Even cutting is a different motion from sitting and sewing at your machine. So rotate your tasks. You guys know by now that I love my coffee. And in fact, I've got a fresh one in my hand as we speak. But if you are interested in supporting this podcast, it's very simple. You can just go to buymeacoffee.com forward slash stitched by Susan. There, for the price of one delicious coffee, you are able to make a one-time contribution. We really appreciate this support. It helps us to continually upgrade our equipment and produce a better and more polished podcast for you. So let's get right into our chat. As I said, my husband Dave is here with me this morning. Um, We don't sort of give credits during the podcast, and maybe that's something that I should change, but the truth of the matter is he deserves a ton of the credit for this production. So let's see, can I give a rundown of all the jobs? Dave is the editor for sure. He is also the, the producer and uploader. He writes the music that you hear in the various little clips in the show. What else do you do, Dave? I pray a lot that it all works. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? So we've been married a long time, and we we do lots of things together. But as a little background for that, we are about the most unlikely personalities. Most opposite is the best way to put it. Dave is definitely the idea guy, the impulsive guy. And I'll let you describe me in a couple of words. She's an equal balance. Wow. In that many words. (laughs) (laughs) meaning I'm much more methodical, I'm much more about routine. And so sometimes that is a challenge, and we'll talk more about that a little later on. But it also is what makes us good, I think, is we both bring something very different into the process and into the mix. Well, I'm going to set the stage for you just a little bit before we... um, Well, let's just put it this way. This podcast is subtitled Life Lessons Learned from Quilters. So we're going to talk about some of the life lessons that we've learned kind of the hard way the last couple of weeks. But I'll set the stage for you um, just a little bit so you see where we're coming from. So Dave has a new job that he's working into, which is a church administrator, which is um, time intensive and taking a lot of, you know, his headspace because he's learning a new job. In the meantime, we have a little toddler grandchild and a brand new baby who was recently born, and they live in Canada, about a thousand miles north of us. So I took a couple of weeks to go up and see the babies, well, the whole family, but, you know, really the babies, and spent two weeks with them, which was absolutely lovely. And Dave came up just the last few days, and then we drove home together. Well, while I was gone in the initial part, I get this not panicked, but certainly worried phone call from Dave that our hard drive on which we do all our podcast recording and editing has crashed. Mechanical failure, so not loss of data, but it's not working. So off it goes to the doctors to for them to, you know, recover that data. But that has my backlog of all the podcasts that I've already recorded, but that have not yet been released. So, you know, first panic, but we're not really panicking because also while I'm away, I'm recording several episodes on my laptop with my kind of mobile microphone and a little bit um, stand-in equipment, wouldn't you say, Dave? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so I'm recording a couple of those that we think, no worries, we'll make lemonade from these lemons and we'll just use one of those podcasts and go ahead and release them till we get this data recovered. So 
we make the 18-hour trip home. This is just two days ago. And on the way home, we hit a deer in our car and, and royally mess it up. So now we're a one-eyed monster driving home. And we get home and start to get back into the groove and try to get this week's podcast episode, you know, polished and released. And lo and behold, all the episodes that I recorded on the road are terrible, just abysmal sound quality. Well, we can't do that, right? So here we are today. Time to release a podcast. What are we going to say? And we decided, you know, we're going to just talk about what this looks like for entrepreneurs and what it feels like and how we pivot. Is that a, is that a fair assessment of this morning? Absolutely. <laughs> so, so here we are. We thought we've got some life lessons here. Let's talk about them. Let's talk about how we how we deal with this and how we make choices from here and and what our takeaways are. So I know what a couple of my takeaways are and I'll give Dave a heads up so he's prepared to talk about them too. But one of them for sure is, let's see if I can word this well, that I'm not hesitant to try new things because of situations like this that must come up. So in other words, I go into this whole podcast production with the knowledge that it may not go smoothly. We're new to this. Things are going to um, fail or not work smoothly, and we're just going to pivot in the moment. But my lesson is don't avoid doing it because it's going to be hard. The things that are brand new and daunting today will be tomorrow's routine. And I'm okay with that. A year or two or five down the road, we'll laugh hysterically over this week, hopefully. I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) So what's one of your life lessons, Dave? Oh boy. Humility. We were working on some of the episodes of the masterclass last week and I get a call from Susan and she says, "Um, episode five or module five has a whole bunch of edits and take one through threes and all these things that I thought I had edited out months ago and I hadn't. And if you don't learn a little bit of humility when your wife walks in the room and says, um, we need to fix module five, you're going to learn humility the hard way. So that is the first life lesson is you need a little bit of humility when you do these things or you're going to, it's going to be hard. It's funny. I didn't even mention that one in the scene setting because I honestly, I could go on. There's a few more things this week. I didn't include all of them, but um, the masterclass that Dave refers to is one that I present online and it's a pre-recorded um, series of classes on freehand quilting. And I have presented or launched this class multiple times and have quite a few students going through it. So yes, indeed, it was quite an eye-opener to find that um, one of our modules had about five minutes of sort of raw, unedited footage in it. So there you go. Yep, we've both gotten a little more humble. (laughs) (laughs) And if any of my students are listening, I've already apologized to you, but let me just do it one more time. Okay. Um. I mean, life lessons is one thing. Also, and I guess this could be a lesson too, Thing, what are some of the best things that have come out of both our podcast production and in the same 18-month span of time, I have launched into doing uh, live streaming on YouTube. So we've had a really steep 
curve of things that we've been learning. But what are some of the great things that have come out of the, either of those? Well, for me, I th- I think it's working with you in in a different role. Our life has always revolved around our businesses and I have been sort of in charge of them, the CEO, etc. And this has been a new life experience where you are the CEO and in charge of the company and I'm not. And I get to use what things I know in support of your business. And that has been a lot of fun. It's been hard at times, yes, but it has been a lot of fun as we watch your business grow. I've really enjoyed that. Well, for me, hands down, the best thing to come out of all this um, activity online is connections with other crafters and quilters. Um, I could go on and on and on about the people that I've met virtually and the friends that I've made, but that is hands down the best thing is just those connections um, with other crafty people. And for those of you who don't know, her episodes are recorded in video, and and so as I'm working on them and editing them, I get to see the conversation as well as hear it. And it's a lot of fun in the raw conversations of watching them as they make mistakes and they laugh and they just have a wonderful half hour on the show. It's it's a lot of it's enjoyable on the on the editing end as well. It's a real conversation. It it really is, and it's fun. So I'll just insert a shameless plug here. If any of you crafty folks out there have stories that you'd like to tell, I'm always looking for a great podcast guest. So as Dave mentioned, we do record the interviews on video because it makes it more natural as though we're having a conversation together in the same room. And then they're released just in audio. So there's no need to like feel nervous about not being able to talk smoothly. We can edit the ums and ahs out. But I love to hear crafters stories. I love to hear about how it has helped them through really tough seasons in their life. Sometimes our crafts have opened um, remarkable doors of opportunity that we would not otherwise have had. So if you've got a story to tell, reach out to me, info at stitchedbysusan.com. I'd love to hear from you. Okay, I have another question for Dave. I want to know sort of how you juggle or what it feels like to be the jack of all trades, to be the music writer and then to have to go record it and then to use it over and over again in our productions, as well as being the editor, as well as being what would what are the camera gaffes? Is that right? The person that shuttles the equipment back and forth from room to room. Yeah, that guy. The gaff is a good word for it. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you remember the first thing you asked me, I think humility, it comes into play here as well. Is one thing, if you are the jack of all trades, you also are the master of none. And so you are always learning. And I think that in this season of life, it has really meant that, is that I've learned how to run applications, which I've never run before. I've learned how to do things that I've never done before. And it's a lot of work and it's fun as I'm sort of a geeky guy and I enjoy it, but it also is, it's humbling when you have to learn something in a hurry and you don't quite learn it in time for what we need to do. Or when your ego runs away with you and you say, hey, I can do this. And then your hard drives crash and you realize I should have had more storage and that was my responsibility. I should have had it back up and I didn't and so I think humility again if you are a jack of all trades 
you probably are going to be a master of none and yet you need to work within your abilities and that means you will make mistakes and you're going to have to fix some of them. Yeah, it's true. I I think that Dave, Dave calls that humility and I look at it from a slightly different angle. In him, I see endless curiosity. So with the volume of new skills and apps and programs that we have learned and incorporated into our business over the last 18 months, Dave has been at the forefront of that. And he is endlessly curious. What app will do this best? What microphone will give us the best results or suits our um, facilities or what we're trying to accomplish? So for example, on my YouTube channel, we actually stream long arm quilting. And as you can imagine, that brings the challenge of having a 12 foot machine, right? And having camera angles that are trying to cover this huge area. It's not just a talking head in front of a camera with a little light ring. We're trying to manage light balances and sound balances and all those things at the same time. Those were enormous challenges. And again, I think we just we dove in at the beginning acknowledging that we would make mistakes, that it would not be polished and right the first time. But there's no shortcut to learning. You have to start, you have to take forward steps, and then you pivot when you need to. Yes. And I, you know, added on to this is this all began in COVID and incomes were smaller. So we were doing this all on a budget. And it's been a, it's been a challenge as you go along. You know, our cameras over the year and a half that we've been doing this have slowly gotten a little bit, what's the word I want, a little better. We've upgraded a time or yeah, two. We've upgraded a time or two. Our microphones, we've upgraded a time or two because you begin with what I had in the basement and now we're doing it with you know, a little bit nicer equipment. You know, And that is, is always a curve is when you begin in hard times and you have to get through them, how do you do it on a budget? And that has been equally a learning curve in all of this. It isn't only... You know, the, the applications and the computer programs and these, it's how do you make it work within your means? And working with Susan through that has really, it's been a uh, a learning experience. Education is coming up to this a lot, isn't it? <laughs> it sure is. Do you sense a theme here? <laughs> and I want to ask you a question. As I am a geeky guy and I am a technology guy and I enjoy it and I play with it, as you said, I'm curious. When you say that, I think of Curious George, and I, <laughs> that probably is pretty apt. <laughs> that sort of that scenario of the kid who's always in trouble. But it really is not your love, and it, it, it's not your thing at all. And so, how do you live with all of this when, when everything is technology based? Even now, your quilting machine runs on Bluetooth. If you don't have Bluetooth hooked up, it gives you fits. How do you live? in a world which really is all technology. Yeah. Um, I would say that's been the hardest thing for me to learn. Like, tell me to learn freehand quilting. Got it. I'm happy to stand at my quilting machine for umpteen hours and practice on umpteen quilts. Got it. But when you say, yeah, figure out how to connect your machine via Bluetooth or the connection's not working, now what? Or... Um, you know, talk into a microphone or learn to talk smoothly without a lot of ums and pauses. These are things that don't necessarily come easily to me, but I think it's been worth it for the trade-off. I love, as I said earlier, the connections I've made with people. 
I have learned about myself that I love teaching. And so it's been worth it to just heads down, learn some of these skills that I didn't know. Seriously, I feel like a kindergartner some days, you know, learning how to deal with technology. Um, but it's a trade-off, and I love the end result. And that's why I do it. It's one of the struggles has been new technology. In COVID, of, of course, everybody has gone online, and everybody has learned how to do Zoom and those things. And in this world, it's been, it's a big machine, as Susan said, and, and to get the camera angles and when she's not having a, to look up at the camera and crane her neck and how to work through those really has been educational. And it's, it's been fun after the fact. It's not always fun in the process. But we've had some laughs at looking at some of the gaffes of some of our recordings and and you sit back and you realize we can do that way better next time. And we do. Here's an experiment. If, if you go back, look at our... Some of our early YouTube videos, are you thinking? Yeah, the old yes. YouTube videos. And you take a look at them and then you look at the new ones. You will see how far we've come. And it's through hard work. It's through, it's through Susan, you know, who learns how to look at the camera. It's for me who learns how to aim the camera to add lighting in a year and a half in the old commercial we've come a long way baby <laughs> true story true story and by the way speak you were talking earlier about doing things on a budget if you ever want to know how to have some camera rails built out of pvc pipe dave is the guy to ask i think for about a buck 85 we built our <laughs> we built our huge rail system on which the cameras hang that cover um, Lucy, my long arm. So so that has been one of Dave's strengths, too, is figuring out a way. So whatever the difficulty may be, he's really, really good at figuring out a way. So thanks for that. I appreciate it. Here's a lesson learned from that, and I do want to share this one. As this one has been the most expensive so far, you need to back your data up. And I resisted as it's a monthly fee and I hate monthly fees and we have not had room for our videos and our audio and all of this headache for this week would all have been avoided if I had spent the $15 a month and had online storage. And so... So, so our life lesson is know which things are critical. Right. Which things you need to subscribe to. Yeah. It's it really, when you look at it realistically, it's... It's a few cups of coffee a month. And I would have more hair this morning in my head from not having pulled it out over the over the course of the past week. If all I had to do was reach online and get the audio, it was a hard lesson learned. Yeah. So we won't go too much into the details of that because each person's circumstance is a little bit different. But, you know, once again, we have got some takeaways and we will move on. And next week we will do it differently. Trust me on that. I wondered if we could talk just a couple of minutes about some of the things we've learned over the years, I guess. We've been entrepreneurs in various things for a lot of our married life, um, but mostly what we've learned over the course of, I would say, the pandemic or our launch into doing things online and what we've learned specifically about working together as a partnership. I mentioned earlier, two more unalike personalities would be hard to find. So what has, how has that made us better? And what have been some of the challenges for you? Well, I have learned after, after being married for 30 years that I really, really, really like you. 
Oh, that's nice. And we learned that in COVID, where you're always home together. There's not a whole lot of going out anymore. You can't, you can't escape. And it's true. When we got into this, I really like you, and that was, that was sort of a, that was a neat feeling that you know, I do enjoy hanging eight, out together. Yeah, having eight <laughs> games of cards in the morning because nobody can go to work, so you sit around having a coffee. That's one thing I learned. I mean, I hope it's. I hope it's reciprocated. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. We we have some we have good times together. We we have a similar sense of humor, a similar taste in jokes, similar taste in card games. So it's all good. Just occupations are different. <laughs> yes. One of the things that I have learned because we have such different skill sets and also very different ways of approaching problem solving mm-hmm. or decisions, I have learned to really lean into our strengths. So there are times when I just have to put up my hands and say, okay, you make the decision because I don't know what I'm talking about enough to even have an opinion, right? So that usually has to do with things that are app-based or computer-based or technology-based. And then the same goes true the other way. Mm -hmm. Dave has to trust me when I say, this camera angle simply does not represent what I'm trying to teach here. Like, I can't explain why, but it just doesn't take my word for it, you know? And so we're each learning to really lean into the thing that we know and have skill in, and then also to take our hands off when the other person has the skill and trust them to make the decision or carry it out. I would agree. I think the camera angle is an awesome example, is because I look at that from the perspective of the geeky you know, edge of me where I know what's best. But you know your my audience, your idea and thing, your audience much mm-hmm. more and your idea and what you want to present. And when you say that, and I I look at it and I didn't always handle it well. And over time, we learned how to handle it well. And a lot of it is give and take with each other. Right. There were tears and there were arguments over, over, over the course of building this. I like how you mentioned early on in this is lean into each other's strengths as it's true. As we worked in through this, and there were some tears and some hard parts, we really learned how to lean into each other in good ways. Yes, totally agree. And one other thing that I have been thinking just this morning, it's it's more difficult to quantify, but something that I have learned too is to trust my gut feeling about things. So it might be things as simple as talking about our data storage. This is actually a conversation that we had some weeks back, you know, should we, shouldn't we? And every so often, it it can be any decision. It can be concrete like that one or less concrete, like how shall I promote something or is it worth spending my time on social media? Don't, um, Don't forget to pay attention to what your gut feeling is. And like I said, that's really hard to quantify. But I know for myself, sometimes when I think about doing something a certain way, it will feel just right. Or it will feel like, I don't really know why, but that doesn't feel like the right approach. Listen to that. That has proven to be unsuspected wisdom hidden in there somewhere. Yeah, and I would say in regards with that, for me, it's learning how to trust her gut. As that's hard for me as I'm very opinionated and I have ideas as well. And yet the name on the business is stitched by Susan 
and it's Susan's gut that matters. And that is one of the lessons I've learned. And I will say I am learning because I'm not always graceful about it is learning how to trust her feelings about things like that. So, yeah. And it's a learning process. The whole thing is a learning process. So I guess that's the final, the final lesson. You're never done learning. No, never stop learning. Always be open to learning. And again, I I said it earlier, um, I'm sure someone has said this more succinctly than I can, but the knowledge that what is difficult and brand new and unfamiliar today, after repetition, tomorrow is going to be routine and easy and come smoothly. That knowledge helps me try new things. I know that even though it's a challenge today, it can become my new normal. And how do you know if you're going to love doing a thing unless you try it? How did I know I would love being a podcaster? I never imagined this a couple years ago. And here I am. Here we are. Here we are. That's right. (laughs) Well, on that note, it's been really fun just kind of welcoming you into a behind the scenes look at what actual production looks like in our studio. It is not always smooth sailing. You get the lovely edited result. But today we just wanted to share our hearts. And I've got to tell you, the other great thing about this venture has been the people on the other end of the podcast, you the listener. I've never been so surprised as I was when I saw the 10 and 15,000 download number. I did not expect that in my first year of podcasting, those kinds of numbers of people would be interested, you know. So to each of you that have listened, that come back each week looking for a new episode, I appreciate each and every one of you. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you did enjoy the podcast, I do invite you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever the listening app of your choice is. It sure does help us to become more visible to other listeners. And once again, I'd love to hear from some of you who have a story to tell. Feel free to reach out to me, info at stitchedbysusan.com, and we'll strike up a conversation. So until next time, may your sorrows be patched and your joys be quilted.